Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Amen. Help me welcome our internet family if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we're in a series called Extraordinary. Everybody say Extraordinary. We're talking about great practices for a better life. How many of you know that there's areas of your life that could be better? And I say this, and forgive me if I told you this last week as well, but, you know, if you ever see somebody say, no, my life's all good, everything's perfect. This is what I tell folks, wait five minutes, you know, and it's going to need a little help, a little adjustment, whatever. Things, things change. We're still on earth, y'all, right? Amen. So uh, we've been looking at a number of things to help make life better, and these will equip us. These are all things that every one of us can do, should do, must be doing and uh, we're in our fifth week of the series, so you know what that is? means there's not time to review everything now. So go back, though. You can go back and listen and look. We've got notes available, uh, video, podcast, CDs, cassettes, eight tracks, <laughs> and reel-to-reel. How many of you have no idea what reel-to-reel is? Okay. Look it up. Google it. All right. Well, today I want to talk about a great practice, and we're just going to call it habits. Habits. You got any? All right. So we've got good ones. We've got bad ones. We've got healthy ones. We've got unhealthy ones. We do things out of, uh, we're out of habit, out of the habit sometimes. Other things we do by force of habit. We're making habits. We're breaking habits. We, We have all kinds of things. Just a short list. We bite our nails. We smoke. We check our phone too much. We exercise. We're always late. We're always early. Uh, We're overeating. We're overspending. We're eating healthy. We have all of these things all over the place, and and we have this force in our life that can be called habits. Now, it is estimated that 40% of your daily behavior is habit-based. 40% of the things you do would fall under the category of habit. Much of that is mindless. You can do a whole lot of things mindlessly. Some of you more than others. Um, You can button your shirt, tie your shoes, brush your teeth, and not really give it a lot of thought. For that, I'm very grateful. Wouldn't it be a bummer if this morning when I got up, it's like, oh, the shirt again. You know, I've got a chart on the back of the wall, you know. It's not helping. Have to go look up a YouTube video, you know, just (laughs) tutorial. Ah, that's it. That's it. Tomorrow better. No, but aren't you glad that some things we can just kind of learn and get to do? Some of you are so good at driving, you think, (laughs) that you can read the paper or your phone while you drive, you know? And please don't do that. Please don't do that for your sake, for everybody's sake. But habits, habits. And today I want to take it past just our our general concept of habits. And as we're talking about great practices, I want to talk about things that we are to be intentional about, very mindful about, and then also consistent with. And I think that speaks to the very heart of a habit. So here's really where I want to talk about today is consistency. Everybody say consistency. Let me show you a couple of pictures here. 
What is this? Grand Canyon is just the location. What this is, is the force of consistency. This is the force of consistency. Water and weather. Water and weather. Water and weather. That's hard to say. Water and weather. Just over time, just wear it, wear it, wear it, wear it on down. Uh, show the next one here. This is what's called a slot canyon. It's different kind of rock. And what is it? It's just the force of consistency, just water and weather over time, over time, over time, over time. And, and that's what we have to realize is consistency has an incredible force to it. And so if you're consistently doing something unhealthy, you know, there, there'll be results of that. If we're consistently doing something proper and, and, and good, there'll be good results of that. And so we must work into our life and be aware of this power called consistency. Now let's look at something here. Three problems that we have. Number one, this could be a problem. Things we don't know. Things we don't know. Now sometimes people say ignorance is bliss. I'm not real sure about that. Okay? And uh, things we don't know. The book of Hosea, the prophet in the Old Testament, he said in Hosea 4, 6, he says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. In other words, what you don't know can really, really hurt you. Second problem we might could have is this, things we know but don't do. How many of you have some of those? You know, uh, in James, in the book of James, in the New Testament, it says, to him who knows to do good or to do the right thing and does not do it, it is what? It's sin, which means you miss the mark. What does sin do in our life? Sin sin, uh, ruins things. Sin depresses us. Sin has a a very caustic, toxic effect on us. It always does. And so when we know to do the right thing and we don't do it, it impacts us in a bad way. And then here's the third thing, and this is very dangerous as well. Things we know and do but are inconsistent about. Things we know and do but we're inconsistent about. And what happens with this, you either actually don't make any progress or you undo your progress. You know, if you, if you start to, like, I've got a neighbor that really needs their fence pressure washed. And his wife was out there the other day, and she just, like, rubbed just one section of it. It's white. It's supposed to be white. It's kind of green. And so just got a little piece of it there. That does no good but draw attention to the rest of the green. Okay? And so what, what happens is we know it, we do it. We didn't finish it. We don't stick with it. And so you lose your progress or you never make any progress actually to start with. So consistency is huge. If I can put it this way, consistency is key. And aren't you glad God is consistent? Can you imagine waking up this morning and the sun had not come up and you're like, what's the deal? And you pray and get a busy signal, you know? Or, or you, you declare God's promises, thank you, Lord, that your mercies are new every morning. And then because nah, not today. I'm, I'm waiting a few days on that, kind of falling behind a few things up here in heaven. You know, I'm so glad that God is consistent. Can I get an amen on that? The Bible says that even when we are faithless or we're not consistent, he remains faithful. He remains steadfast and good. Amen. So, so I could, <coughs> excuse me, I could cough. I could ask you questions today 
uh, do you read your Bible? Well, I know I should, and I know I do, but the answer may be I, I do, but it's inconsistent. Well, are, are you eating healthy? Oh, yeah, but, you know, are you, are you being kind to people? Mostly. You know, and so it's things that we know to do, and we do them, but we're inconsistent in doing that. Um, imagine, you know, we've got the Winter Olympics about to start. Imagine uh, an Olympian who made the team but then shows up and has not been consistent in their practice. You know, they're out of shape. Their uniform doesn't fit. They don't know where half their gear is, you know. Consistency is a key to all of this, and I want us to look at this and apply this uh, to our lives a little bit today. Let me give you some quotes of some principles we teach uh, consistently here that I want you to see. First of all, here's one we all know. What you do day by day takes you to your future. And that's positive or negative. What you do day by day is going to take you to your future. Second would be this. Consistency beats intense effort every time. Read that one with me. Consistency beats intense effort every time. Let's say that you, uh, your last checkup at the dentist, the dentist said, you really need to brush better and I need you to be flossing And as I'm saying this, you remember, oh, no, tomorrow I've got a dentist appointment. And you haven't been doing those things. So you say, I know what I'll do. Tonight, I'm going to brush for a half an hour. I'm going to floss for two hours. You'll be a bloody mess. Consistency beats intense effort every time. Um, I just finished up, uh, end of October, I finished all of my uh, doctoral work. And then I'm just waiting on graduation. Graduation is in May. So all my work is done. So it's like, got that done. Yeah, awesome. Um, My point, my point is this. For every class, I had to read a minimum of 2,000 pages. Required reading for every class, 2,000 pages. And then, of course, the 40 hours of the class and then Uh, nine of those, and then afterwards some writing assignments. Well, guess what? To read 2,000 pages, uh, you know, I'd usually have to show up on a Monday at the seminary. Um, I could not on Saturday night say, oh, yeah, I've got some reading to do, okay? First of all, you couldn't get it done. Secondly, you wouldn't retain anything if you could possibly get that done. So what I would do is seriously schedule that out, pretty much meter that out over at least about two months because I had other things going on as well to be able to read that. Consistency beats intense effort every time. If any of you are trying to lose weight, how many of you know that you don't lose it in 25-pound chunks? Wouldn't that be nice? But it's what? It's not even a pound at a time. It's It's an ounce at a time if even that. And so consistency beats intense effort every time. Look at this one. I love this one. The devil cannot cope with consistency. The devil cannot cope with consistency. First Peter tells us that the devil goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And here's our response to him in First Peter 5, 9. It says this, resist him steadfast in the faith. That word steadfast means to be firm and to be constant. Can I say it? It's to be consistent. So you, you continue to resist. You don't just resist a little bit and then give in because you lose. 
And so we resist the enemy. The enemy cannot cope with consistency. Again, pointing to the importance that we have consistency in our life. Now get this. The devil doesn't need to get you into gross sin in order to mess you up, hold you back, and defeat you. Doesn't have to get you in gross sin. Here's all he needs to happen. This will do the same trick. Laziness and inconsistency. Laziness and inconsistency. And you lose your progress and you leave openings in your, in your life. And so very, very important that we understand inconsistency can be one of our biggest problems. A good way to describe us sometimes is we are consistently inconsistent. And here's what we do about it. We tend to minimize it too. Well, I know, but it wasn't that bad, or I don't always do that, or I, uh, I normally do this, you know, and we minimize the fact that consistency needs to be in our life, and it shows up. It shows up in our health. It shows up in our budgeting. It shows up in our parenting. It shows up all over our life in consistency. Now, look at me for this. We're not talking about perfection. Don't confuse consistency with perfection. Here's the reality of perfection. We don't do perfection. We can't do it. And, and once we put that label on us that we have to do something perfect, we immediately frustrate ourselves. We immediately put ourselves in a category of no can do. I can't do perfect. You can't do perfect. None of us can. We get excited when somebody has a hitting streak, you know, or, or a winning streak. But the reality is that will never fully last because none of us can do perfect. None of us are flawless. But consistency is what we're after. So we must continue to lean against inconsistency and reach for consistency in our life. Can I get an amen this morning? All right, look with me in Proverbs chapter 28. It says, a faithful man will abound with blessings. This word faithful means steadfast, constant. Let me add it in, consistency. When there's consistency in our life, you will abound with blessings. The inverse of that is true also. If we're inconsistent, if we're, if we're not faithful, I believe that we can actually cancel some blessings in our, in our life. So here's the principle from this. Consistency brings blessing. Say it with me. Consistency brings blessing. We all want blessing in our life. We want the help, the strength uh, from God. And consistency, it's not earning it. It's helping us stay aligned. You know, it's like... Consist, consistently stay in this line, you know, and your order is coming. You know, you didn't get your, your meal because you changed tables or you left restaurants or, you know, or whatever it would be. Endurance and patience are definitely involved in this, but consistency brings, one more time, read it with me. Consistency brings blessing. Amen. Now, hopefully you're getting the idea that consistency helps us, and I'm talking about consistent in the right things. Inconsistency hurts us, and realize this, there is no middle ground. There's not middle ground. We're either doing things that are helping us or they're hurting us, and we're either consistently inconsistent with the right things or we're being consistent with the right things. So there are many things that I want to call holy habits. I could give you an unending list of holy habits, things that we should be doing that are good and right that we should give consistency toward. Um, but I'm only going to give you two today. Matter of fact, a couple years ago, I did a series called Holy Habits. But I just want to give you two today. And I was real careful, prayerful on this. 
Uh, and I believe this is what the Lord would have us look at today concerning some holy habits that we are consistent about. The first one, you ready for this? Here we go. Church. Everybody say church. And you'll say, well, of course he's going to say that. He's the preacher. But I'm not saying it for me. I'm saying it for you. And I'll say this again in just a moment. Church days affect the rest of our days. Look with me in uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. And, and let me just go ahead and tell you, the New Testament is written in Greek. And the Greek language is, is way more efficient than our language. And this is some strong language. So I want us to look at this. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner, the habit, the pattern of some. But, everybody say but. But exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. How many of you know the day is approaching? Okay, I'm looking around, and some of y'all I can see have been around a little while. How many of you know these are like the craziest days we've ever had on this planet? Okay. And that's a clue for us. That's a sign for us that the day of the Lord is coming and all of the days that are kind of connected to that. We don't know the timing of that, but we have clues. We have indicators that uh, the whole shooting match is going to shut down. And things are going to be renovated and made brand new. And it's going to be better. I don't know what y'all are holding out for. It's good. Okay. So he's saying, I'm telling you to do something. And not only should you do it, but you should do it so much the more because you see the day approaching. Now watch this. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Now notice assembling, not the gathering. What is a gathering? A gathering is like all the pieces of a puzzle in the box. So you put all the pieces in the box, and you can shake it, you can hear it. On the front, you know, is a picture of it. Keep that nearby so you know what it's supposed to look like. But what do you have inside? You have a gathering. When, when my family does puzzles, of course, you got to put it on the table. And I'm just not good at it. I, I, I don't know. I lose focus. I want to go do other things. Sometimes I'm still seven, Okay. And so, but what I will do, and my wife and my kids, they'll take time and they're just like, God, oh, this piece, you know, and they're working it all out. But what I do, okay, and this is the way church should be, not just a gathering, but a what? It's an assembling. What I, they're putting it together. But do you know what I do? I do small groups. Hey, this all looks like water. And I get all the pieces that kind of look like that and get them together. There's a small group. Are y'all following me at all here? Hey, this looks like a tree. And I get all the tree pieces and kind of put that all together. And then better minds than mine come and put it all together. And what God wants is not just a gathering of people. Hey, sup, praise the Lord. And then we go our way, okay? <laughs> he wants something beautiful to take place. And so it's the assembling of ourselves, all of it working together. And we're not to forsake that, not to leave that behind as is the habit of some people. And we need to make sure that this is something that is consistent in our lives. Can I get an amen today? 
In Psalm 23, look at this, Psalm 23, verse 6. David said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, certainly I believe that this points to, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I believe that that does point uh, to, to heaven, to our, to our final home, to heaven. But there are rabbinic scholars, okay? So Jewish scholars even point to this. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord together. That This is essentially saying this. God has been so good to me, and he's gotten me all the way through this far. And I know that he will get me all the way through the rest of my days. So I will, you ready for this? I will keep returning to the house of the Lord. I will keep coming back to the temple in, in, their, in their language. And so what it's saying is I'll keep going to church. Here's a good cycle for your life. God has got me through everything this far. I'm confident he will get me all the way through. And part of my pattern needs to be that I keep coming back to the house of the Lord. I will keep coming back to the house of the Lord. I will keep coming back to the house of the Lord. Amen? And we need to make it a part of our life because church days affect the rest of our days. Isaiah tells us that the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion, which is a New Testament uh, symbol of the church. With, with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads. And it says this, and they shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sign will flee away. How many of you would like to obtain joy and gladness? There you are. Obtain joy and gladness. How many of you would like sorrow and sign to, to flee away? There you are. Okay. Well, the scripture says one way you can do that, go to church. Go to church, and I believe a healthy church, church done right, that's going to be taking place in our lives. Church days affect the rest of our lives. And when we come to church, not only does it honor God, but something happens in you, to you, for you, through you that cannot happen in any other setting that we're in in our day, in our week, in our life. Church days affect the rest of our days. And God wants us, now hear me, God wants us to be consistent and coming back to his house. Amen. Amen. Now, coming back to his house, studies showed a few years ago, just a few years ago, like 10 to 15 years ago, that even in a healthy church, one-third of the people would be missing on a given Sunday. Why? Well, the baby's sick, we've got this, we've got that, got that. But now our culture has become more and more and more God-optional. And we have more and more things happening on our weekends and just covering us up. And they've got this and they've got that and got that. And I can just watch online. And now it's like 40%. Recent studies show that in healthy churches across the country, about 40% are missing on any given Sunday. And yet God's word remains this way. That this is something that will bless you, help you. Something can happen in you, to you, for you, through you. To make your way, make it a habit in your life. Now, I'm not going to hunt you down if you're not here. That's between you and God. You have freedom, okay? You have freedom. I know you have a life. You have kids. Sometimes somebody's sick. Sometimes you got to go to this event and so forth. But you need to make this a consistent pattern in your life that you find your way back to the house of the Lord. Can I get an amen today? Amen. Amen. It, it should be such a pattern and, and, and habit of your life that your neighbor's out doing something in the yard and you're taking off for church and, the, and they go, there they go again. Yep. 
And if Big Brother is watching, who knows? They at least know what you do on Sunday morning, okay? And let's make this a pattern of our life, and I believe consistency brings blessing. Let's look at one other one, and it's a far cry from church. You ready? Here's the second holy habit. Anger, anger. Everybody say anger. Put your teeth together and say anger. Okay, anger. Some of y'all were good at that. Um, things make us angry. People make us angry. Traffic makes us angry. The news makes us angry. Efforts that we put out that ended up wasted or get frustrated, some of that, that makes us angry. There's some things going on in the world just make me angry. Can I say this? It's a good thing that I'm not God. Because I'd be fixing some stuff like now. So, oh no, that's over. Y'all with me? It's a good thing I'm not God. We need to trust God. He's patient. He's got the big plan. It all works out, okay? But sometimes it's a righteous indignation. It's not like I'm hating people and things like that. It's, it's just like, ah, that is so wrong. And it can make you mad. Well, the Bible tells us in the book of James, it says you need to be slow with that anger, buddy. You need to be slow to get angry. The New Testament Greek word for slow actually includes this idea to dull, to dull yourself. So the things that make you so touchy and so quick to get mad, the Bible is saying let God do a work in you so you're, you're kind of dulled to that so that it doesn't provoke you to anger so quickly. And then we read this in Ephesians uh, chapter, five, uh, chapter 4. rather. Be angry. Now, it's not a command. It's just saying, okay, when you land there, make sure you do not sin. And watch this. And do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Watch this. Angry, wrath. Angry are all the ingredients. Wrath is the stew. And so you start out there, and as the day goes along, if you don't get rid of it, it turns into stew. And the Bible is saying this, don't let the sun go down. How, how often does the sun go down? So like daily? So that's like consistent? So it's a reminder every day. Is it noticeable? It's noticeable when it goes down and God is saying, I'm giving you a holy big time reminder every day to offload the anger. Consistently offload. Consistently the sun goes down every day. And if you haven't got rid of your anger at that point, the wrath at that point, pour the stew out. Take the trash out. If you don't take the trash out, it what? It will stink. And some of you wonder why you wake up so crunched up in your emotions, this emotional hangover in the morning, and I don't like anybody. And you have all that going on. A lot of that tr seriously could be as you're sleeping with the wrong junk, taking this garbage to bed, anger and so forth. You just, you just got to forgive some people. You got to let them go. You got to offload this. Press the delete button. Just get it out of there. Don't live angry. Get it out of there because here's the thing. If you don't consistently do this, verse 27 says this, nor give place to the devil. 
If you hold on to that anger, hold on to that wrath, and you don't offload it out of, your, out of your life, look what you're doing. You're actually opening up the door, leaving the window open, giving place, making space, offering a guest room to the enemy of your soul. Why would anybody do that? They don't know that that's going on. Well, I'm telling you today, that's what's going on. So I'm going to make you a promise today. I can't tell you who's going to win the Super Bowl. I can't, I can't tell you if it's going to rain or not this afternoon. I can't tell you that, but I can tell you this. The sun will go down today. You can count on it because God is faithful. And God said, I have marked it in the heavens for you. I love you so much. I don't want you carrying this toxic stuff in your life. You need to consistently get it off of you. Get it out of you. Get it, get it away from you. And as the sun goes down today, if you haven't taken care of it by then, there's your big time across the universe reminder to let it go. Let it drop. Get it out of your life consistently. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, we've got a number of things from Scripture. Oh, and I just wanted to tell you this. I thought this was awesome. Anger is only one letter short of danger. Can I tell you what's really dangerous? Here's what's really dangerous. When you and I make the things of God optional. When the things that God has said, I want this in your life or I don't want that in your life. The things that God says, I know what's best for you. The commands of God, if he ever tells us to do something, it's for our good. It tells us what gives us life. If ever, if ever God says, don't do that, he's not trying to kill your fun. He's just saying, don't do that. That'll take life away. God loves us so much and that's what his commands are. And so when we take his commands, just these two things, you know, church and anger, you know, and if we're missing church, church is absent and anger is present, God's saying that's not going to lead to life and goodness in, in, in yourself. And so here's the real danger for any of us is when we allow the things of God to become optional in our life. I pray that we won't do it. I pray that we'll see, God, you know what's best, and we'll lean in to become consistent in this. Set your heart right, make the decision, put out the effort, and I believe God will help you And consistency will bring you to a better place in life. Amen? Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.